Good morning, God's wonderful people. Today is another day to give God thanks, another day to honor Him, another day to bless His name, another day to lift Him up, another day to worship Him. We have been given here a brand new day, a brand new life, a fresh life, an opportunity to start again, the opportunity to write that book all over again. Today, write that book with new chapters with new events, with a new moment of worship and a new, a brand new activities. Give today a newness. Do not bring yesterday's troubles into today. Let today be a brand new day just as it is that God has given it to you. We give thanks to him for his goodness, his love, his mercies because they are new to us every morning. God is faithful. You have brand new mercies. You have brand new grace. You have a brand new love. Let's live a brand new life and bring glory and honor to God's name. Near Watsonville, California, there's a creek that has a strange name, Salsipudes Creek. Salsipudes is Spanish for get out of it if you can. The creek is lined with quicksand. And the story is that many years ago, in the early days of California, a Mexican laborer fell into the quicksand. A Spaniard riding by on a horse saw him and yelled out to him, Salsipudes, which was not very helpful. The creek has been so named ever since. That is what the flesh is like. We struggle to correct these tendencies, to get out of the effects of our sinful nature, but we cannot do it. Thanks to God for Christ Jesus, who has redeemed us from this curse, who has liberated us from this slavery, who has brought us true freedom out of this lifestyle. He's given us freedom to live above the flesh. Hallelujah. Today we continue our study on Galatians chapter 5. From verse 13 to 26, we are studying this text and we title it Battle Engagements. Battle Engagements. In this text is given by Paul the battle that will win the war. In this text, Paul outlines the battle that will win the war. There are some battles that if you fight them, you will end up wasting your time because they have no significance to winning the war. But there are some battles, winning that one battle will somehow win the war because that's the core of the warfare. Once you win that battle, the war is over. And in this case, we have seen throughout history many such situations where countries are at war and by simply winning a particular battle, the war is over. That was a deciding battle that wins the war. You see, in warfare... War is not won by winning all the battles or winning the most battles. War is not won by toppling over the most infrastructure of the enemy. War is won by strategically fighting the right battle and winning that battle or those battles. So in this life as believers, in this life of, of the walk with God, we have to know which battles to fight and where our warfare is engaged. The warfare we're involved in. The warfare we're involved in is not fought on, every, on, on certain fronts. Because the Bible says, all warfare, it is not carnal. 
but it's mighty. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So our warfare is not within the confines of the carnal man or the fleshly man. Here Paul advises us to walk away from the flesh, to walk by the spirit. And we have looked at so far as we've have been looking at the works of the flesh. Because Paul outlines here that the warfare, the battle that we are supposed to be engaged in, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is the center of our text, the very core of our battle. Verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so that's the battle that is raging of the flesh, lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other so that he cannot do the things that he would. That's the war. That's the battle. So here he outlines for us what are the works of the flesh. And he also aligns to us what are the fruits of the spirit. We have so far looked at adultery. We have looked at fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. And we say that these four are of the sexual nature. Sexual illicit behaviors or illicit sexual behaviors, illegal sexual behaviors. The second group that we looked at is a grouping which we refer to as false worship. It centers around our worship. And it is idolatry and witchcraft. Those are all works of the flesh. Idolatry and witchcraft grouped together as elements of worship. When we talk about idolatry, idolatry, we are referring to, as the Bible calls it, image worship. It is where you worship an image or, you know, in some cases it may be an idea. It is where you devote yourself to anyone or anything other than God. It's, it's, it's where you devote your heart, your, your, your life and your worship to anything else but God. That is what idolatry is. Image worship or you, the devotion of your heart or yourself to anything more than God. Now, we are not supposed to be sharing that devotion with between God and anything else because that is all that's still idolatry. Because that's what Israel was doing in the days when they were traversing the, the, the land of Canaan. They would consistently maintain the form of their worshipping of God, which means that their worshipping of God was only in the physical realm. Their hearts was not into it. Their mind and their, and their soul was not into it. They were just going through the rudiments and rituals of worship. And so God came to them and said to them, your new moons, your Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, away with it. It is iniquity. I cannot away with it. I don't want to see your festivities. I don't want to see your new moon. I don't want to see your sacrifice. I don't want to see all these things you're bringing. It is iniquity. Now God called their worship iniquity. Because their worship was only in the confines of the rituals they were performing. 
Their heart was far from. Their heart were devoted to their idols. So as we talk about idolatry and witchcraft, here are the two questions we must ask ourselves when assessing ourselves if we, if we are worshipping idol or if we are in witchcraft. The first question you need to ask yourself is this. What am I devoted to? That centers around idolatry. So if you want to know if you're involved in idolatry, ask yourself this question. What am I devoted to? What am I devoted to? Assess your devotion. Assess the things that has your attention. Assess the things that you spend your mo the mo most time doing. Assess the things that always gets your attention. What are you devoted to? What are you committed to? What is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you? What is it that wakes you up every day? What are you devoted to? What are the things that you spend your time thinking about? What are the things you spend your time chasing after? What are the things you spend your time giving worth to? Because worship means to ascribe worth to. And you ascribe worth to someone or to something by bringing yourself down so that that which you ascribe worth to is seen. So you highlight that which you are giving worth to. So you pull yourself out the way and give reference and recognition to that which you think is of worth. The second question you need to ask yourself is this. What am I dependent on? And this centers in witchcraft. What am I dependent on? You might wonder about the alignment. But here is how I want you to see this, friends. When we think about witchcraft, we are thinking about ind individuals who take time out to seek to control others and to seek to manipulate others. It's the manipulation of others or to seek to control others or intimidate or dominate others. You see, there are many times when individuals are not able to get their way or have their way. And so as a result, they seek to dominate over an individual or over a set of individual in order for those individuals to give them their way. They would seek to manipulate these individuals to get them to do what they want. Yes. You may think of it that marketing is manipulation. Of course it is. And it's it is it is the same spirit of witchcraft. Manipulation. Getting people to do what you want. Manipulating people. The media does it every time. Manipulate your ideas and your, way, your, your thoughts and your thinking by putting things to you in a particular way because they want you to believe that narrative. That's deception. And at the heart of witchcraft is deception because every time you want to manipulate someone, you have to utilize deception. So therefore, friends, when we even align this to the church, which is a, one of the gravest things, that witchcraft is in the church. You see, God tells us that we should walk in the spirit. God outlines what the spirit will do when he comes. He says he will guide you into all truth. 
The problem, friends, that many times we don't allow the Spirit of God to do His work. We take on the task of trying to do it for ourselves because we think that in controlling the people, in controlling them, we will end up doing what God wants. But that's not the case. God is not a controller. He's not a dictator. Neither is He autocratic. Yes, you can see instances where God stand up and was firm in what He says and was not unmovable. That's because that is God's justice. That is God demanding justice. That is the justice of God. And if God says, you shall live by the truth, and you want to live by lie, then you're going to face God's justice. That is not God manipulating anyone. That is not God being autocratic. That is God being just. God is not a dictator. A dictator subverts the people's will. A dictator refuse to go by what the people want a dictator will all the time do what he wants irrespective of what the people want his idea is supreme his idea is what we must do and he tries to get you to do his idea regardless of what you think your thoughts are not important your ideas are not important because your ideas even if i mean if it's good that, that's more reason for them not to put it forth because they believe that in subverting your idea, their idea will come up greater. Understand this, friends, that when we talk about God being Lord of our lives, we are simply saying God has control of me. And if God has control of me, do not cede that control to anyone else. Do not cede that control to anyone else. You see, we have to understand that there's a demarcation between that level of control and submission to authority. You see, authority doesn't mean you control. Authority means you have responsibility and you have the right as it relates to these things. But you never have dominion over people. That's not what authority is. No, friends, God, even in the New Testament, never said that you have authority over people. He says he gives you authority over all the powers of the enemy. So authority we wield is not over people. It's over things. Always things. Over circumstances and conditions and over powers. Which is one of the things that we war against. So where, where we, we are supposed to be centered is at a point where our devotion and our dependence is only on God. A person who finds himself in, a, in an adverse situation will turn to whatever he's dependent on. A lot of persons turn to witchcraft to solve their problems. A lot of persons turn to witchcraft to produce the situation that's favorable to them. But in your own assessment of yourself, what are you dependent on? Your dependence will indicate to you that which you worship. These two questions, friends, will highlight for you that which you worship. Because what you're devoted to and what you're dependent on will always tell you what you're worshiping. And if in asking any of these two questions, in asking these two questions, if you have found that there is something that falls into any one of these questions, get rid of it. Get rid of it because God is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with anything else or anyone else. Get rid of it 
and give glory to God. Today we have looked at idolatry and witchcraft, elements of false worship. And here, friends, we have asked you two questions. What are you devoted to? And what are you dependent on? These are the two questions that we have to ask ourselves if we want to really truly and honestly assess our worship. To see if we, if we have idols in our life and if we are operating in the spirit of witchcraft. Asking these questions are important. But let's ask them with honesty and answer them with honesty. Because else we will not be able to truly identify the idols in our lives. And we'd have ended up in a position where God is angry at us because our God is a jealous God. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks to thee. Thank you, O God, for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your mercies. As we come before you, Father, we present our lives in your hands. We present our hearts before you. We ask you, Lord, to cleanse us of our waywardness. Cleanse us, O Lord, of our own shortcomings of seeking other ways than yours. Cleanse us truly by your spirit and by your blood. We ask you to let our lives consistently display that which you have called us to. That our lives will become an offering of praise and worship to you. As we seek to live life according to your word and in your word. So that Father, others may see and understand that you are still God and that you still reign on your throne. We give all glory to you and all praise to you Father. For you are our only hope of making it through this life. And as we engage these different battles of our lives, and in particular this battle against our flesh, we know that as we surrender to your spirit, we will have the victory. As we walk by your spirit, we will have the victory. So Father, we surrender right now to the dictates of your word, to the instructions of your spirit, as we seek to honor you and bring glory to your name. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you and I do too.